0: Welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast, live from Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar here in Saskatoon on what has just been an absolute scorcher of a day to end off June, and it's going to be like that all week, Ray Morrison. We're also live on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page. We're on the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page, and we're also on No NoYXC as well. Seems a little weird, Ray Morrison, to be talking about hockey in the Stanley Cup Finals with the fact that it is 36 degrees outside. Uh, but that's exactly what we have in front of us. You're Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Uh, and basically the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I think everybody else is probably cheering for. <laughs> unless you're a Canadiens fan, of course. Um, those, that's the Stanley yeah. Cup final. So the first yeah. time ever those two teams have met in the Stanley Cup final. Of course, Tampa Bay had a one nothing win in Game 7 over New York on Friday. I didn't get to see any of that game. Uh, I was camping all weekend, so I'm a little bit uh, crisp on parts of my body. I'm not sure if you saw that Tampa Bay-New York game, but uh, then obviously you had Montreal beat Vegas last week. So Tampa Bay-Montreal game one tonight. If you're watching the live stream, you can see the uh, game on behind us on the TVs. But... Give us a scouting report on the Stanley Cup final for 2021. Well, it is you know, it is interesting because there was a private jet that flew Yoel Armia down to Tampa Bay. I don't know if that was yesterday or this morning, but that flew Armia down. Of course, he's been out in COVID protocol. And one of the things about Yoel Armia for the Montreal Canadiens is he's one of the best penalty killers that the Canadiens have. The Montreal Canadiens are 30 for 30 on their last 30 shorthanded situations. They have not allowed a power play goal, which is pretty remarkable. And Yola Armia has a couple of shorthanded goals uh, in that time frame, or at least since the playoff started for the Montreal Canadiens. So that is big on the penalty kill for sure, uh, because we know the Tampa Bay with that front line that they have, they are deep. I think their power play is running at about 37 percent. So that's good news to have Armia back in the lineup here for the uh Montreal Canadiens for sure and Weaver is back after the hit from Scheifele. he was in the pregame warm-up and uh like Matt mentioned as this is our drop time we're just kind of keeping an eye on uh who might be part of the starting 18 as far as skaters go uh but uh both uh Weaver and uh Armia uh took uh the morning or the the pre skate here so that's interesting um the question is, how big of a role will the veterans play, I think, yeah. for the Montreal Canadiens? And that's one of the things, you know, you take a look at Stall and you take a look at Perry. Stall won a cup with the Carolina Hurricanes in 06, Perry with the Ducks in 07. So they have waited a long time for this opportunity to get back to a Stanley Cup final. And as we saw with your Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, a guy like Jason Spezza. These guys, they play a big role and can be difference makers um, in in series like this. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're the defending cup champions. They are favored in this series. There's no question about it. But, uh, you know, Montreal has proven time and time again that they are up for a battle. We'll see if um, Dominic Ducharme, he's expected to return Friday from his COVID protocol. So he might be back behind the bench on Friday, but Luke Richardson's done a good job. He's just, yeah. you know, and I know they've been in conversation at that Montreal bench with um, with Ducharme, but, yeah. but Richardson's done what Ducharme Is done. You roll the lines, right? Your first-line guys get 16 minutes. Your fourth-line guys get 12 minutes, and you just roll the fresh legs and hope for the best. Uh, Brian on the Facebook live stream says, Hey, Ray, so you have a fan in Brian, and then he also asks, who your picks are tonight. And obviously you're going to pick Montreal because you're a Canadians uh, fan. (laughs) I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay lightning just because I want to be different. And I just don't want to see the Canadians win. Basically. yeah, yeah. It's what it boils down to. You know what? Like we talked about Tampa Bay, they are lethal. Yeah. I mean, they're not, you don't make it to back to back Stanley cup finals by accident. So of course, uh, Tampa Bay has Luke Shen who hails from Saskatoon. He's a Saskatoon product. So he has an opportunity to win his, Second straight Stanley Cup. He was on the Tampa Bay Lightning last year when they won in the bubble. And John Cooper actually said something interesting about Shen. Uh, he's technically their seventh defenseman. So if there's an injury, a guy gets banged up or whatever, he'll, he'll play. But more often than not, you will be watching from the press box. But John Cooper was just raving about how well Luke Shen handles that situation. Oh, for sure. Uh, there was actually a video of him getting in some extra conditioning after the yep. morning skate today, yep. and it was just Luke Shen out on the ice with a couple of coaches, and uh, it sounds like he's done a fantastic job to keep himself in game shape in case they call on him. So there is an opportunity for a Saskatoon product to win a Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Patrick Maroon has an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup for the third year in a row, which is unprecedented. Yeah, in, that's uh, right, tell How about that, right? That's right, yeah. That's plays, right. In, uh, plays in uh, St. Louis when they won in 2019 and then he signed uh, in Tampa Bay. They won last year, and then he re-upped in Tampa Bay. Um, The other thing that we can't ignore is going to be the goaltending duel, right? They say defense wins championships. Well, you got Carey Price going up against Andre Vasilevsky, so that's going to be one heck of a matchup as well. Yeah, and I can't remember what the numbers were, but just sensational goals against averages for both of these goaltenders. I think Vasilevsky's up around 1.97, and for um, Carey Price, I think he's at – 2.03 or 2.07 or somewhere in there in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that is what it comes down to, right? And especially if you're Montreal, you need that good goaltending because you don't have the firepower that Tampa Bay does. So that's where they will talk about rolling the lines. But defensively, you know, it's funny. Montreal, they started the regular season. Remember how mean Romanov was to start the year? And they had Weber and they had some really good players. And then that defensive uh, sort of character kind of disappeared for a little while in the regular season. But now it is back. It is back big time. And I know a few weeks ago I was talking about Jeff Petrie, how every time I turned on the TV, there seemed to be a miscue. (laughs) But uh, I was just a frustrated Canadiens fan talking. But but one of the things about Petrie, though, he has been so good in this series so far or in the last series to get this team to the Stanley Cup final. He was so good against Vegas. So that's, you know, it's it's interesting. That's supporting cast around these goaltenders. You know, you get down, and we've seen a lot of teams do this, but, yep. you know, so many guys get down and block shots and make things happen and, you know, goal-saving dives and, and that sort of thing. And these goaltenders are really counting on that. You know, it's, it is it uh, is all hands on deck. And the intensity that you play with in the offensive zone to generate offense, you got to play with that intensity, even if you're a forward, to come back and, sometimes uh, make a game-saving play. And we've seen that a few times here in the postseason, I think. So game one is obviously tonight. Yep. <clears throat> and I think, what did they say? Game seven was going to be July 11th or something like that, if we yep. were to get that far. So a Stanley Cup champion for 2020-2021 will be crowned uh, over the course of the next year. So there's whole... a couple things to keep an eye on here. So, of course, Montreal, their fan capacity has been limited to 3,500. Yep. And so... they have 35,000 outside. But anyways. Yeah, continue. exactly. Yeah, it's not like they're enforcing too many rules outside of the party is, (laughs) but it'll be interesting to see what the Quebec government does come Friday. You know, is there going to be an announcement this week that for game three on Friday that maybe more fans might get into the building. Our Saskatchewan numbers today were phenomenal uh, on the COVID front. So that's good. But the other thing too is they're talking about game three, that return, that could be the game where Dominic Ducharme comes back uh, to be behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens after this COVID protocol. So, you know, Between that and playing at home, if some way, somehow, Montreal can get out of there with the split, that's exactly what they're looking for tonight and Wednesday night. It's going to be one heck of a series, that's for sure. Uh, moving to some more local news, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. A couple of news and notes from the Riders today. Of course, they've signed uh, quarterback Paxton Lynch, you might have heard of him because he is a former first-round draft pick in the National Football League. He spent a few seasons with my Denver Broncos um, that just, uh, well, let's be honest, he underachieved there. Has a cannon of an arm. What? A Broncos <laughs> quarterback underachieving? Yeah, it's what? weird, It's weird, right? But uh, yeah, he was a first-round draft pick back in 2016, I believe. Uh, so he's now a member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. All of a sudden, that quarterback room is filled up with a couple of different quarterbacks, On that roster. But also, the big news was offensive lineman, Canadian offensive lineman, Brendan Brendan Labatt, has announced that he will be sitting out the 2021 Canadian Football League season. Jeremy O'Day, general manager of the Riders, was adamant to say that this isn't a retirement. Brendan Labatt just needs to focus on a few other things over the course of 2021. So he is sitting out the season. And that kind of throws a little bit of a curveball towards the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and their offensive line depth for this season. Well, Cody Fajardo made a good point saying, you know, it's also what a guy like Brendan Labat does in a room, right. a 34-year-old, yep. right, and you're missing that. That's going to be missed, and he was quick to point that out. I think in 2019, Brendan Labatt only played six games due to injury that season yep. as well, the last time that the Rough Riders were on the field at the Canadian Football League. So that is a bit of a blow to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from a leadership standpoint, but again... In this league, how many times have we seen great young offensive linemen step up in their first or second year and just do a terrific job? So maybe the, the Rough Riders will find somebody in his spot that can help keep Cody Fajardo you know, upright. But the other thing, too, is with this coaching staff, you know, they will uh, pattern an offensive scheme that lends itself not only to a guy like Cody Fajardo's skill set, but also what they have in depth on an offensive line. Right. We saw last week that the University of Saskatchewan Huskies football team announced their schedule for 2021, and I think it was actually Tuesday morning that the rest rest of the uh, Husky Athletics did announce their schedule, but we do have the schedules for Husky men's and women's hockey, basketball, and volleyball, which means we're one step closer to seeing all of our university teams, Ray, back in action. So that means that we're one step closer to having Merlis Belcher Place packed and also the pack packed. As well. So, yep. the uh, men's and women's hockey team will kick off the season with a home and home with Regina. So, those are always great games yep, to be a part of, right? Yep. That rivalry, that two hour rivalry, and they do the home and home. So, Friday night they'll play in Regina. Saturday night they'll play at home or however it works there. So, that'll be interesting. Was, uh, so how, who's at home Friday? Do you know? Is it the men's? I think the, the men's are at home on Friday and the women's okay. are at home on uh, the Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So, They'll uh, flip-flop there. Men's basketball will kick off the season in Brandon, October 29th. Both the men's and women's team will be out there to kick off the season against the Brandon Bobcats. Great college town, by the way. And uh, volleyball will be kicking off the season against the Brandon Bobcats as well on November 5th and 6th. That game is also in Brandon. So we're one step closer to having uh, Merlis Belcher place packed and, like I said, one step closer to having the pack Uh, Have fans back in attendance as well, so that's great news. We talked about it last week with the football schedule, but that's great news for these universities uh, to to be able to have and the student athletes and the coaches and just everybody involved to have you know their sports. Well, uh, yeah, you know I know we've touched on this in the past, but you think about you know those uh, football players and that for a time it looked like a decision was going to be made where they were going to lose a year of eligibility just absolutely heartbreaking i mean even you take a look at the whl and it was good that they got into the bubble for the hub or the you know for the western hockey league and they did get to play some hockey but it just isn't the same so you know these student athletes are going to be itching when you know as matt talked about october the courts and the ice sports get going uh but the middle of september when football starts you know hopefully these numbers keep going down more vaccinations get out and we're ready to you know, not only return to play, but return to play with fans in the stands because it makes such a difference. And of course, the University of Saskatchewan—that you know—they you know, sell more garb than any other university. And there's just nothing like being at Griffith Stadium on a Friday night when uh, Sweet Carolina is. Yeah, Carolina's working yeah out exactly. To, you know, all the students are back. It's such an exciting time. So. I am uh, so looking forward to that after the year that it's been. And it sounds like there's going to be some students that are returning to campus for in-person learning this yeah. fall as well. Yeah. So that'll just add to the atmosphere of all university sports. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, as we are every single Monday night. And of course, throughout the course of the NHL playoffs, they've been having drink specials. Well, hey, you have at least four more games to come down and to take advantage of that. And many as potentially as many as seven games to come on down and take advantage of that and also the Canadian elite basketball league is tipped off so every road game that the Saskatchewan Rattlers play you can come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar and see the Rattlers take on whoever they're playing uh when they're on the road right here at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon on the corner of circle and Idlewild if you're looking for something great to do near Saskatoon you want to get out of the city and bask in Saskatchewan nature you can take the family or a friend out to the Petrofka Orchard they have a great cafe that serves homemade food, a beautiful store full of, full of gourmet apple and other local products and a large variety of ice cream treats. After you fill your belly, you can take a walk to the riverfront beach and enjoy the most beautiful walking trails around the apple orchard. It is only 40 minutes north of Saskatoon right on Highway 12 at the base of the Petrovka Bridge. They're open daily from 10 to 6. The cafe is closed on Wednesdays. You can check out their website for more info at PetrofkaOrchard.com. Speaking of, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, like I said, the Saskatchewan Rattlers tipped off last week. They uh, lost their their season opener, 92 to 74. They're in action tonight as well. And then their first home game is going to be July the 4th. Their second home game, July 12th, which is a day after restrictions uh, are going to be lifted in Saskatoon in Saskatchewan, rather. So it sounds as if there's going to be fans in the stands for that July 12th game. And that's another great summer activity. That you can do, of course, the Rattlers and the Canadian Elite Basketball League, their first year uh, as a league was in 2019. You didn't know how they were going to be affected by COVID in 2020. They ended up doing a bubble playoff style tournament in Ontario. So it's great to see that, uh, you know, not a startup league, but, you know, a league in its first few years trying to gain some steam and some momentum was able to make it through 2020. And uh, they're getting back to a more normal return here in 2021. And I think uh, this year the championship weekend, if I'm not mistaken, is in Edmonton. Yes, because so, it was supposed to be last year, and then yeah, they had to move it to Ontario. So yeah. that you know that'll be that'll be good if we keep uh, on the track of vaccines and whatnot. If we can figure out a way to uh, you know yeah. get fans into the stands across yeah. Western Canada for this league, it'll be great. I'm also interested to see because of the pandemic, Matt. Um, you know, uh, I know summers are short around here. A lot mm-hmm. of people, when this league launched, were wondering. A lot of people wondered, you know, would people go indoors? Mm -hmm. Well, on the heels of the pandemic, I'm wondering if the following for the Rattlers is going to be a little more uh, robust than it was in the first year that they were here. And I I don't know the answer to that. No, me either. You know, but but I just get the sense that people are just itching for things to do, which might bode very well for the Rattlers here. It's going to bode sure. very well for the Rattlers. It's going to bode very well for Husky Athletics, I think. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Uh, the Saskatoon Blades. And, and, yeah, all these sports teams. It's going to bode incredibly well for us. So, uh, we, you know, obviously that 2019 championship weekend for the Canadian Elite Basketball game was in Saskatoon yeah. uh, that year. And the Rattlers were able to walk away with the championship. Uh, they had an early exit from the playoff bubble last year in Ontario. And they lost their first game of the season this year but obviously a long season to go so I'm looking forward to it yeah I think it's no. going to be right yeah, uh, it'll be great you know I had some things going on in 2019 so I just wasn't able to make it out to a Rattlers game that year so I still technically haven't been oh to really Saskatchewan oh, okay, yeah. game. no I just no, 2019 I very good I just wanted to yeah, yeah I had an opportunity and just yeah. never could uh could quite find the right time to do it so hopefully in 2021 we can get uh you know get me out to a Rattlers game oh no, for sure because that's going to be one heck of an experience I think so um, the MLB major league baseball. Yes. Cracking down. And this has just been an absolute gong show. <laughs> <laughs> so the backstory yeah. for those of you who don't know, they're trying to crack down on pitchers using illegal foreign substances, sticky substances. is yeah. basically what they're calling them. And now what the idea behind it is, is that it allows pitchers to get a better grip on the baseball, right? So right. Yep. what a lot of people will do, what a lot of pitchers will do, they'll keep it on their, the cap so they'll touch their ball cap yeah, yeah. every time or on the inside of the palm of their glove, so they'll rub the palm of their glove or maybe even their belt and uh, it's gotten out of hand allegedly uh so the MLB's commissioner office and Rob Manfred has determined that the umpires will be checking the pitchers after every inning and also if an opposing team's manager thinks that the pitcher is using a sticky substance he can allow the managers to or the umpires rather to check that so there's a story that goes with that but it, this just seems like a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to me from the commissioner's office well you what they are they you know the the one thing about baseball there's two things they want they want offense and they want games to move Yep, that's you know and as much pride as a pitcher takes in throwing a no-hitter, yep. fans don't want to watch it. It's just like football, yep. right? You, you don't want to watch I, a 10-3 game. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. And that's that's kind of what it is. So so they want the ball in play. And there's been some conversation about batters being able to see the laces you know, out of the pitcher's hand. Yep. And so Major League Baseball, as, as you mentioned, has tried to crack down on this because if the laces aren't moving, yeah, you know, in a circular motion, if the ball's coming at you with no movement, then – then the ball's all over the place. Hitters don't like that. And so and it is illegal. Has yeah. been for <laughs> yeah. has been forever. So last Wednesday this came to a head when Phillies manager Joe Girardi apparently asked the umpires to check Washington's Max Scherzer repeatedly. And it finally came to a head in the fourth inning of the ball game when Scherzer threatened to actually strip down on the mound in front of everybody, right? Uh and so you made a good point to me. You had the best point on this with regards to, okay, you know what? You can check within, you know, reality. Yeah. But, you know, eventually what what um, Girardi did was not cool to a point where it was holding up the game. Yeah. And he was just doing it to antagonize sure. Yeah. Yeah. But still, so I mean, and it wasn't me that, that had that idea. I know where you're going with that. It was actually oh, okay. Clayton Kershaw. Pitcher oh, for the Clay LA Dodgers that, that said, said that. Okay, okay. okay, yeah, but how about if the team whose manager checks uh, the opposing pitcher and say that opposing pitcher doesn't have anything? Well, then that team should be penalized in one way or another. And we do see it in other leagues, right? In yep. the National Football League, if you challenge a call and the challenge doesn't get overturned, the play stands, well, then you lose a timeout. Same thing yep. with the NHL. If you make yep. a challenge and you lose that challenge, well, then your team has to sit and the other team gets a two-minute power play. Yeah. Right, so I don't know how in baseball you would necessarily make that work, but it is a good point by Clayton Kershaw, yeah, because you're exactly right, right? The MLB, one of the things, especially in the past couple of years, one of the things you know one of the th- big things for the MLB has been pace of play, right? And there's been talk of them losing fans, losing interest because baseball games were simply just taking too yeah. long you know, yeah. longer than they should have. So then they brought in, well, you're only allowed to have X amount of mound visits in a game and this and that. And now the pitchers are on a time count and stuff like that. Right. So if you're going to be an umpire and, you know, every inning, you're going to have to check uh, a pitcher for a foreign substance. Well, yeah. I can totally see where Clayton Kershaw is coming from there, but yeah, Max Scherzer was, uh, was none too <laughs> pleased about that situation. No, so, no, he was not, but it was an interesting, uh, And we actually had our first yesterday first, uh, player get caught using a foreign substance Sergio Romero a pitcher from the Seattle Mariners got caught so it'll be interesting to see if he actually gets that 10 game suspension that uh, is a penalty for using a foreign substance or not and this is the perfect opportunity to remind you that uh, it is a 10 game suspension if you get caught using a sticky substance however you can do whatever you want in the World Series and not get anything what happened to the old days where a guy like Gaylord Perry, like from 40 years ago, used to hide Vaseline like in the loop of his belt or whatever, yeah. and they, they couldn't find it. And it used to be a game to see if they could find it or not. Or, <laughs> you know. And he would openly admit, yeah, but they'll never find it. on. I mean, they don't know where it is. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it was, we've come a long way with regards to that, for sure. We do have one yeah. more comment on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, before we uh, uh, wrap up. And that is from Joe. He's interested to see how player development has been affected through the pandemic. wonder if players if players were able to evolve their game in the midst of all the madness. That's not yeah. necessarily a Saskatchewan Rough Riders thing. That could be for anything, but it's a heck of a point. Well, it from is. Joe. And um, I think it's going to be the same for every team. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure the football that we're going to see come August the 5th or 6th, whatever. Yeah. The- or the hockey City or, or the the anything. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be, you know, with no preseason games or I, are they having yeah. one, I think they might be having one or maybe yeah. on, uh, but there, there isn't going to be the extended camp. So the product you see in the first week, it's not that it's not going to be exciting because sometimes mistakes can lead to excitement, but, yeah. uh, I'm not sure it's going to be the caliber of football we're normally used to in, in week one of the CFL season. Right. The National Anthem, of course, is uh, being played right now for the uh, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals. So that means that we got to get out of here. you got to get home and watch your Montreal That's Canadiens right. lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hey, so hey, I hey, will allow hey. you to do that. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the YXC Sports <laughs> Podcast. Next week, even though the Canada Day uh, holiday itself lands on a Thursday, we will not be having a show. And uh, the week after that, the weekend before that, I have a bachelor party, and I'm just going to be in no condition oh, to there do this go. on the night. All Monday. right. So, I'm going to take the next at least two weeks being off. Honest. Exactly. Right. I'm going to take the next two weeks off, and then uh, we'll see you sometime towards the uh, middle or the end of July. That wraps up things for this week's episode of the YXE Sports Podcast. Go Lightning or Canadians. <laughs> I know, I know. Having a Montreal sure, uh, Canadian team win the Stanley Cup final would be very cool. But uh, enjoy the game tonight and enjoy the entire Stanley Cup final.